0: And welcome to episode 32 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. You can find me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. All news related to the Get More Sports Podcast. You're going to find right over there. But just want to wish everyone out there a happy MLB Trade Deadline Day. We are just hours away from the closing of the hard MLB Trade Deadline. And we're going to be breaking down some of the trades that have been made. Some of the trades that need to be made. And we're also going to tell you some of the best trades in the past that have allowed teams to get over that hump and win a World Series. But we are going to get things kicked off. You know we could not, we cannot get things, we cannot not not talk about the fight last night. The squabble up in Cincy, Amir Garrett versus the world, Basically, in Cincinnati, we're going to talk about that fight. If you do not know, the Pirates and the Reds hate each other, okay? It is India versus Pakistan in cricket. Ohio State, Michigan. Hatfields, McCoys. Bloods, Crips. Yankees, Red Sox. Whatever it is, these teams hate each other's guts, and it all came to a head last night, and it all peaked when Amir Garrett he was throwing hands, okay? He came out of that Reds bullpen seeing Red, and he charged that Pirates bull, uh, that Pirates dugout with bad intentions. Amir Garrett, it was going down, and we're going to talk all about it. But first, I want you guys to check this out. Play the clip of the fight. And now there's some serious chirping coming from the Pirates dugout. And now Garrett's on his way to the dugout, and here we go. This is not a good scene at all. You could feel it brewing and brewing and brewing. I'm not sure the umpires are going to be able to break up this one. Well they're going to have to look back on this. There's David Bell who came back out of the clubhouse. Going after Clint Hurdle evidently. Bell having words with Hurdle. Garrett went flying towards the Pirates dugout and went throwing punches a certain suspension for him David Bell who had already been ejected from this game out of the dugout trying to get to Clint Hurdle and they got to separate this these two teams somehow because this is not going to stop I mean, my man Amir Garrett, he like I said, bad intentions. My man goes after him like he's Optimus Prime attacking the invasion force. This guy thought he was Superman, and he was not worried about the Pittsburgh Pirates. He came over and was trying to give all the Pirates eye patches and knock all their eyes out or something. But we're going to talk about that. But first, I think really it's a very layered fight, okay? It did not start then, and we're going to kind of trace it all the way back. And really all started when Kella, so Kella the reliever for the Pirates, he strikes out Joey Votto and then he stares him down. You don't stare a dude down, especially the way he did. And Votto did not think very highly of it. When he takes the field, He's yelling in the pits dugout, okay? He's yelling explicitives. He's saying, "Hey, you're a p-word, bro. That that p s s word, you don't know. You've got the ball. Don't you don't you know you've got the ball?" saying that, "Hey, Kella, you have the ball. You're the pitcher. So, you're really dictating this." And then he's saying, "You've got the effing ball, and I, I don't give an f." Okay? So, Votto is yelling stuff, and there is bad blood. It's starting to boil over already. But of course Kella is chirping back. He's saying, "Look, it's effing baseball. This is how we play baseball, okay?" So, that's really it starts to percolate. At that point, you know it's going to go down. At some point, it's just a matter of time. And then Yasio Puig. Of course, Yasio Puig. The most wild the most Yasio Puig thing ever is that the wild horse would be involved in this melee at first indirectly, but then Yasio Puig. I love this. He's t- he's He's in the batter's box, and he doesn't like a call, and what does he do? He steps away, slams his helmet on the ground, and he just poses there like he's David in Michelangelo, like he's a statuesque Michelangelo like he's David looking up at the sky. I'm telling you, I was thinking there's someone out there like about to paint that because it was majestic by Yasiel Puig, and then, of course, then it's then then he he slams it and then it all escalates even further when Hughes hits Marte now he had already gotten warned so you know what that means that means automatic ejection okay he gets tossed he has the date with the showers so he's gone And then, of course, Amir Garrett. This is where it goes down, okay? They might as well have been playing the Rocky theme as he was coming out of that bullpen. He may as well have been wearing a satin robe. They may as well hired Michael Buffer to hit that mic and be like, Let's get ready to rumble! Because it was about to go down because he takes the mound, and he was agitated out there. He was starting to move around. He takes off his glove at one point. He's shaking. He's irritated. He's chirping with that Reds, with that uh, Pittsburgh Pirates dugout, and you knew it was going to go down. And look, this is a guy who his walk-up song is Drake's God's Plan. That's his walk-in music. And look, the opening line of that song, I've been moving calm, don't start, no trouble with me. The first couple of pitches, he was focusing on the batter, but they started trouble with him in that Pirates dugout. They're chirping at him, and you know it was only a matter of time before it was going to go down. And then this is my favorite part of, of the entire melee. My favorite part is the manager comes out, takes the ball from Garrett, and he's saying something. And I usually when a pitcher is upset, with the manager taking the ball, it's like, leave me in the game or what's going on, this and that. But he's clearly saying, I'm about to go open up a can. I'm about to take off on these Pirates. And the manager, he almost it almost looked like he's signing off on it. Like he's saying, hey, bro, go get I'll be your Mickey. You you'll go be Rocky. And you take him on. And then he charges that Pirates dugout. And he throws it. He throws a, a haymaker, does not connect. And that was big. He did not connect. If he connects on that haymaker, he's a big dude. You may be looking at a 30 game suspension, something along those lines. A, a Ron Artest, a Kermit Washington to Rudy Tomjonovic situation. He does not connect. But I just want to say that, look, I, I shouldn't be promoting fights and baseball fights and this and that. But it was kind of nice for once to not see the whole you know, slap fighty, hold me back thing. The West Side Story, Jets versus the Sharks where they're just dancing around flashing knives but and no one's really doing stuff. Oh, no. This was a whole different thing. This was one man, one man that said, hey, I think we should go charge a full dugout of 24 guys, me versus 24, okay? He said in his bio, his favorite rapper is Tupac Shakur. Well, that was him against the world, like it was Tupac's me against the world. And he did not flinch. And, of course, kind of the victim of all this was Chris Archer. Chris Archer was getting trampled. He was getting trampled the entire time. And, look, Garrett was wailing on him. And that's really a microcosm of the Pirates. Look, they got totally fleeced in that deal with Chris Archer. And since then, it's been all downhill. And really, they've been getting trampled on by Major League Baseball. Their farm system is a wreck. Huntington's a GM that makes bad moves. And, of course, Yasiel Puig, the greatest thing, too, is at some point during this melee, Yasiel Puig got traded okay? He's like, look, my old team, I'm still going to war with them. I'm still wearing this Reds jersey. Let's go over. And these guys didn't want anything to do with Yasiel Puig, which I wouldn't recommend with anyone. This guy is all muscle, all wild horse, blonde mohawk and all. You don't want the smoke with Yasiel Puig. The first rule of Fight Club, don't mess with Yasiel Puig. I think that's the first rule of Fight Club, okay? And one of my favorite things too, the stadium PA guy at about the two... uh, He's starting to play during it. You lost that loving feeling. (laughs) He's playing the. you've lost the loving feeling while this is all going down. It was very cinematic. And look, I hear people out there saying, oh, any trade value he had is gone. You don't want a guy like that. I'm like, really? You don't want a guy like that? Because if I'm a team... I want that level of fearlessness. I want a guy that's willing to charge 24 dudes with reckless abandon and flexing afterward. Are you going to attack Aaron Judge like that? Are you going to attack guys like Bregman, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, guys like that, Mookie Betts, with that level of intensity, with that level of fearlessness? Because to me, that showed me something. That shows me a guy that, hey – He's got his teammates back. He's a guy that is not afraid of anything. And it was just something crazy last night. So great, you know, no one got hurt. So that's what it was. But uh, that was quite a sight last night with Amir Garrett. And that's going to bring up our viral flashback sports video of the day. And we're going to roll with the 2003 Yankees versus the Red Sox. Pedro Martinez, he shoved Zimmer to the ground. And really, those two teams hate each other. And check this out. Play the clip. And third, nobody out, and this is over the head. Actually, must have hit the bat of Kareem Garcia, and a foul ball. And Garcia immediately pops up and screams at Martinez. Yeah, that was perilously close to his head. Martinez hitting Soriano and Derek Jeter. The last time the Yankees and Red Sox played the two to one game won by the Yankees back in August. Now Joe Torrey well they warned both benches. I guess it must have nicked the helmet I thought it hit his bat too. I thought it hit him in the back. Really? It was behind his head. Martinez now pointing that's the wrong thing to do. That's inciting right there. Trying to get himself under control. Now Ramirez. That ball's not even close. You talk about looking for a reason. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Don Zimmer and Pedro Martinez. Oh. That's awful Don Zimmer a 72 year old man went into Pedro Martinez's face and Pedro Martinez threw him down that's terrible awful that was absolutely awful. So you had guys like Joe Bug talking about, oh, wow, terrible. What, how disgusting. Look at that. Man, what are you supposed to do? You got a guy charging you. You got to push him out of the way. It's not his fault. But those two teams hate each other, kind of like the Pirates and the Reds. Unfortunately, they're not having the same success of the Yankees or the Red Sox. But it was going down. You got to give it to – you got to give that fight to the Reds, to Amir Garrett, He should, uh, you know, he got that knockout. I want to see him maybe against Mayweather, against Pacquiao. But Amir Garrett, he's a guy who I think really should be considered for the Dodgers. If the Dodgers cannot get Felipe Vasquez, why not bring Amir Garrett? His bullpen, since he's been moved to the bullpen, he has an ERA of 185. And he's got great stuff. And it shows you he's a real gamer like that. So... Next, we are going to talk about the trade that was made last night. Trevor Bauer, turns out his last throw for the Cleveland Indians was a 400-foot launch ball over the outfield wall because the Cleveland Indians, they moved him. And then I love that. That's so fitting for a, a player like Bauer and a player like Puig. His last move for his team was a fight. Bauer's last move for the Indians was a little temper tantrum, hissy fit, where he throws the ball over the center field wall. But really, I like this trade for the Cleveland Indians because you look what you're doing. If you're the Cleveland Indians, since last offseason, Cleveland, they've been considering trading Bauer. They've been talking about moving Bauer. And look, he's a guy that, look, yes, 2018, he had a great year, okay? Okay. And he really would have probably won a Cy Young that year if he didn't break his leg in August. And if you look at it, a 2 one ERA, that ranks second in the AL, a 2 FIP. But... Look, I mean, other than that one year, he hasn't really been the same guy that that uh, that really looks elite. Yes, he's a, a workhorse innings eater, but he brings you a lot of trouble in the locker room. He's a guy that makes headlines for the wrong reasons. And then also, the Cleveland Indians already have a strong rotation, okay? Cleveland Indians, they have Shane Bieber, a 3-4 ERA, 31.1 strikeout percentage, Mike Clevenger. Carlos Carrasco, he's going to be coming back. And Corey Kluber should be coming back. And then also, you know that that, it's a very frugal front office in Cleveland. And he's set to make $20 million in arbitration next year. And then he's going to be a free agent after that. So they weren't going to be paying Bauer ultimately. And they were able to to make some moves, because look, if you look at it, their outfield for the Cleveland Indians was downright abysmal, okay? They were a team, they were in talks with the Dodgers about adding a, one of the Dodgers outfield pieces in the offseason, and if you look at it, their outfielders have a combined 91 WRC+, plus, which is 24th in the majors, and they're, they a 2.5 war, which is 23rd in the majors. So Yasiel Puig... Look, Yasiel Puig, he got up to a rough start, but Yasiel Puig is a guy that's starting to turn around. Yasiel Puig, since getting off to that slow start with the Cincinnati Reds, Puig has really turned around. Since June 14th, he's slashing 324, 383, and 640. And then also, really the most important piece of this was Reyes. So, Framil Reyes... A career 122 WRC plus with 43 home runs and a full season's worth of plate appearances. And he's huge. He's 6'5", 275. He's like Aaron Judge Light. So he's a guy that could be big for them. And then also, you just look at a team that, look, I mean, with the Cleveland Indians, they're a team, they're still in the mix. And they're a team that could still vie for a playoff spot. They won four straight division titles. So I like that move for them. And if you're the Reds, I kind of see what they're doing too. The Reds could basically take him in and they could ship him off and they could trade Bauer next year at a trade deadline. So who knows? It's still early. They could still possibly flip him again. So I love that move for the Cleveland Indians. You get rid of... Of Trevor Bauer, he's a guy that really has caused a lot of problems, a lot of disarray. You already have a nice a rotation, and you add Reyes. Reyes is a master, dude. I'm telling you, this guy could be a star, and you're going to see him. I mean, the Cleveland Indians, they need pop. The Cleveland Indians are 19th in Major League Baseball In home runs, so they're 19th in home runs. You bring in Puig, you bring in Reyes, you lose Bauer. That toxic mentality. Also, I just want to say hey, it was kind of nice to see an old school MLB trade. It was almost like an old school type of MLB trade, not one that's filled with prospects, all major league level players. It was definitely just a little different than what we're accustomed to seeing in Major League Baseball. Usually we have a lot of prospects involved. Sometimes you know them, sometimes you don't. In this case, we have all established Major League players. And I'm going to give this grade an A. I'm giving the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Indians, an A. I'm giving them an A for this move. They're another team. They haven't won a World Series since 1948, a big-time drought. And you're 19th in Major League Baseball in home runs. You add Reyes, a big guy who can mash. Then you add Yasiel Puig. Like I said, he's been hitting 324 since early June. And he's a guy with playoff experience. He's a guy who's hit big playoff home runs. And I think that you add yasio Yoss, Pui and he can really add a spark to that locker room. And then also addition by subtraction by getting Trevor Bauer, a guy who really threw his Cleveland Indians career away by throwing that 400-foot bomb over the wall a couple days ago. So really, Major League Baseball has been a lot of fun with, with the Trevor Bauer, with the fights. But next team I want to talk about, the next team I want to touch on is the Los Angeles Dodgers. We are closing in on the trade deadline. The Dodgers have yet, the Dodgers have yet to make a move for a big reliever, for a superstar-type elite reliever, a left-handed guy that can come and help this Dodger bullpen that has been plagued with ineptitude. This Dodger bullpen has really been the cause of concern for the Dodgers, and really it's the one thing that's standing in front of them in their quest for a World Series title. Look, 19 blown saves on the air. You can't trust this Dodger bullpen at all whatsoever And really, history tells us that you got to make a move if you're Andrew Freeman and you're the Los Angeles Dodgers. Look what the Cubs did with Araldis Chapman. Look what the Cleveland Indians did with Andrew Miller. Look, you got to make a move. You got to pay the piper and bite the bullet and part ways with some of these prospects if you want to really, truly get over the hump. Because, look, there's a lot of Dodger fans that are sick and tired of being bridesmaids. There's a lot of Los Angeles Dodger fans that want this World Series drought to end, and they want it to end this year, okay? It's been 31 long years since Kirk Gibson, okay? And look... We need it this year. The Dodgers need it this year. Dodger fans need it this year. And you know that really it's about adding a Felipe Vasquez, adding an elite reliever. But apparently the Pittsburgh Pirates, they do not want to accept just Kiebert Ruiz, a couple other top prospects. They have their heart set on Gavin Lux. So if you don't know Gavin Lux, he is one of the hottest players in minor league baseball, OPSing over 1,021 home runs this year. And this guy is ascending quickly in the minor league system and Andrew Freeman one thing the Dodgers one of the greatest strengths of the you first of all I'm a big fan of Andrew Freeman I've heard guys call him Andrew Fraudman I think one of his biggest strengths is he does not trade away guys that go on to be superstars trust me he could have gotten a lot for Corey Seager he could have gotten a lot for Cody Bellinger Alex Verdugo Walker Buehler no he is patient and he knows how to identify that superstar talent But in this situation, you do have to make a move. I don't think they should give up Gavin Lux. I think that they're right in telling him that he is untouchable. But, hey, Pirates, I have news for you. Huntington, I have news for you. You cannot think that you are going to get Gavin Lux and Kbert Ruiz for Felipe Vasquez. Look, he's a great player. He's under team control for a couple more years. $33 million contract and team control is making less than $5 million. The Dodgers are paying Kenley Jansen. They signed him to an $80 million contract, so $18 million per year. And trust me, the Dodgers know how great he is, but they also know he's a relief pitcher, okay? And you're not going to give up two-star superstar uh, position player prospects for Felipe Vasquez. That's out of the question if I'm Andrew Freeman, though, I'm the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm just here to tell you, Pirates fans, if you want to see Gavin Lux in a Pirates uniform, you better download Adobe Photoshop or learn how to do Microsoft Paint, whatever it is, because I don't care if you include Roberto Clemente, Barry Bonds. Or a Honus Wagner T206 trading card, you're not getting Gavin Lux. So get that out of your mind and start making rational, you got to start making rational moves for your franchise. Because look, we've seen this franchise completely plummet and completely tank and... Look, if you're the Dodgers, the word on the street right now, Ken Rosenthal is reporting that the Braves are close to acquiring Shane Green from the Tigers. So that was the Dodgers' other choice. And another guy, he was a righty with very minimal playoff experience too, but the Dodgers were in it for Shane Green, and apparently he's going to the Braves. Dodgers could face off against the Braves in the postseason. So you got to believe that the Dodgers are closing in on Felipe Vasquez, and if they don't, Dodger fans are going to be very unhappy With Andrew Freeman and the front office, because look, they got to pull these strings. They got to make these moves right here. But look, I'm telling you, if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, you really need to get it together, okay? Huntington, if you look at the Chris, of uh, 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 the Archer trade, the Archer trade was an absolute fleecing, okay? They got Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, Shane Baz, and, uh, I mean, Chris uh, for Chris Archer, who really, look, They got you're not a contender, okay? You're not a contender, and you're not going to, look, anything can happen with Vasquez, okay? Vasquez, the bullpen position is volatile. Look at Edwin Diaz this year. Edwin Diaz last year, 57 saves, 4 blown saves. One of the best uh, relief pitching performances we've ever seen for a year up in Seattle. This year, ERA over 5 already has 5 blown saves, okay? Year in and year out, it can change for relief pitchers. It's a volatile position. So the Pirates, you better sell while you can because you're going to end up one of those houses in Bel Air that's on the market for $250 million and doesn't get sold because they have an, a delusional a delusional uh, idea of what they're really worth. And I'm telling you, you really got to make that move. It makes sense for the Dodgers. It makes sense for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They need a catcher. So, hey, look, Ruiz, if you want to give up a uh, a Josiah Gray... I think, and, and maybe someone in the 10 to 15 range of the Dodgers, maybe a, a Peters or someone in, in that world. But look, you're not giving up Gavin Lux. That's out of the question. So get the get the deal done. Maybe a Tony Gonsolin. He had a great deal, a great time yesterday. So, hey, look, let the Pirates pick. Let the Pirates pick. Do you want Edwin Rios, Estevez, Santana, Sheffield? Whatever it is, it's not going to be Gavin Lux, okay? He's off limits. Don't touch. You can look, but do not touch touch Lux, because it won't happen for you. And if you're the Dodgers, a couple other teams to touch on, too. So apparently Shane Green is going to the Braves. Jose Aguilar, he goes from the Brewers to the Rays. And really, we have yet to see that super blockbuster. Bumgarner has stayed put thus far. And then also... Look, I think that's one of the biggest moves. If you're the Dodgers, one thing to consider is the fact that the Astros, if the Astros go away today and aren't able to land a Baumgartner, aren't able allowed, allowed to add a Robbie Ray, then you got to see that as a win for the Dodgers because, look, that's who they're going to be going against. Pomerantz has been traded by the Giants. And so the Giants could be looking like sellers at the last minute here. But uh one thing I want to talk about too is the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees are a team that look, the 2015 deadline in 2015 they led the AL East by 6 games and they only made one little addition Dustin Attlee, and they needed reinforcements bad and this year to me it's the same thing. I think they need bodies and I think they're a team that looks gassed. I mean, look, their payroll of course is what it is, always north of 200 million. They added Encarnacion, but look, they've had 28 injured list moves this year, and they need other players to come up and start to produce for the New York Yankees. I think if they don't make a move, they're going to be struggling. That rotation is not where it needs to be, and if I'm the Houston Astros, I'm smiling right now. I'm also smiling if I'm the Boston Red Sox because it looks like the Red Sox can make a move so Yankees really should make a move. Also, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the Houston Astros. Look, you know the Houston Astros have their rotation set. Verlander, Cole, Wade Miley has pitched good this pitched well this year. But look, Cole, he's a free agent last year. Uh, After this year, Garrett Cole's going to be a free agent. Lance McCullers, he's coming back from Tommy John. So the Astros, look, I think if they don't land Robbie Ray, the Astros are a team that's going to be regretting. So would it be crazy if the Yankees, Astros, and Dodgers do not get what they're supposed to and do not land a big guy? to me, today is all about the Los Angeles Dodgers. I hate to really just keep beating this drum, but if they don't make a move for Felipe Vasquez, if they don't get an elite reliever, I don't think the Dodgers stand a chance of winning a World Series. Because, look, that has haunted them October after October, and how many examples... Do the Dodgers need to see, does the front office need to see as why they're losing in the biggest stages? Because if look, if you look, game two of the Astros, Kenley Jansen, he was on the mound with a 3-1 lead in the eighth, blew the save, Dodgers lost 7-6 in 11 innings. Game five to the Astros, the bullpen took over with the 7-4 lead in the fifth. They ended up imploding. That game was a crazy circus. They lost that one 13-12. Game one to the Red Sox. Kershaw not his best showing, but he leaves with a three-three tie, and they we know what happened next with Madsen. That the bullpen just fell apart, lost game one eight to four. Game two the Red Sox Hun Jim Ryu leaves with a two-one lead in the fifth inning. The bullpen they can't lock it down. Dodgers lose four-two. Game four Rich Hill leaves in the seventh inning with a four-to-nothing lead in the seventh inning, and the bullpen of course they blow it again so look you know what happens if you keep repeating the same mistake that's the definition of insanity and I just don't see how the Dodgers can stand back and allow this to happen because look they don't have a guy that can really close against lefties even if Joe Kelly it starts to really really find himself pitching like his dominant self like last year against lefties against a lefty heavy lineup Kenley Jansen you know, career high three six seven ERA and a career low as far as his confidence level. I mean, the way he's throwing his cutter, not has not developed that slider. I don't think the Dodgers really are truly truly all in on this team if they don't land a big time fish in the reliever spot. So they got to do it. You Look, Friedman has traded 11 prospects, okay? He's a traded 11 prospects. He's made over 40 deals, and you have to believe that uh, he knows it. I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I am still holding out hope. I give Andrew Friedman the benefit of the doubt. I think he's earned that at this point, but I will have major questions if he's unable to land a guy here in the closing minutes of the MLB trade deadline. We're getting closer and closer to that one o'clock deadline and the Dodgers have yet to pull the trigger on an elite reliever. But so I think the Astros, I think the Astros need to make a move. I think they really need to get a Robbie Ray, especially in the future. But Zach Wheeler's still on the market. The Yankees didn't add any starting pitching. So could that be the take home point is that the big dogs didn't add anyone elite i think that that would make this last stretch run for major league baseball even that crazier even that more of a, of an unpredictable race to the finish but I think that the very last minute here, we're going to see some moves made. But that is going to do it for episode 32 of the Get More Sports podcast. Thanks for rocking with us once again. You can find me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Tell your friends about the show. But thanks again. Have a great rest of your day. And I'm out. At-